Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Good morning, good morning. By the way, thank you all of you because all of you are a part of that for helping Cambodia. They have 3,300 children that otherwise would have been living on the streets. And in Southeast Asia, living on the streets is really, really not good. Okay? So you just helped. And I'll let you know, because I, I forget how many children have been through the orphanage system that Benita's a part of. How many? 18,000. Um, by the way, I've been there. Seen those kids get off the streets. They have no mom, no dad. And uh, some of them, by the way, in very, very poor areas, living in a, a dump pile. And kids watching out for other kids. There are no adults, and they don't trust adults because they sell them into some kind of slavery. And uh, just thank you. Uh, she works constantly. He said one of the modes of uh, supporting them, uh, which I enjoy driving Miss Daisy. Uh, <laughs> and I just every once in a while say, that's not coming in our house, is it? Anyway, <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, it just, uh, it, they, they train those kids. Um, there are... I don't know, 5,000 four-square churches in Cambodia now, and probably a third of them are now pastored by kids that were raised in the orphanages. How do you like that? Huh? Isn't that powerful? And, and, and in their culture, if the mom and dad die, there's, it's a superstitious culture, and they believe that the children are evil or that there are evil powers against them. So no one wants them. Well, God does, and you and I do, and it's changed the culture, seeing also so many people get saved in Cambodia. So Jesus knows how. He just loves people, doesn't he? He loves you. He loves me. That's a miracle. I mean, I think loving you'd be a little easier. You seem nice. Is he nice? Uh-huh. She says, yes. I like the way she gave that affirmation. Huh? Anyway. And she actually lit up with that, so he just wanted you to know. Open your Bibles, and uh, Pastor, uh, how long do I have? As long as I want. Um, Anyway, yeah, I'm a little disoriented on time, so thank you, thank you. All right, open your Bibles to Genesis 32, and by the way, I so enjoyed the worship this morning. Did you too? Um, Jeff, I don't know if he's in here, but thank you to him, and Tyler and the rest of the crew there. Um, I, I, I don't know what you know how you were born and raised. I don't know where your appreciation level is for Jesus. Mine's really high because just remember everything you hear from me and everything you see, God did not get a good deal with me. And some of you will understand that while I'm talking, all right? Might use poor English, who knows? I'm trying to not say anything wrong because Bernie's here. But uh, anyway, uh, God's good. And when we sing... I don't want to sing any declarations of the Lord without having meaning behind it. So, you know, I'm pushing in this morning, you know, Lord, open up my eyes. You want him to do that to you too? Open up my eyes with wonder that would be awed by the Lord again. In fact, could we say this stunned? Listen, there's a couple things that I don't want to happen when I make it to heaven. I mean, I don't know if you've ever thought like this, and maybe it's my overactive or ADD mind or something, all right? But I was thinking earlier, when I get before the Lord, there's, there's 
two things I don't want to say. Now, by the way, I think we'll all be stunned at his majesty. I think we're going to be going, ah, ah, wow. You know what I mean? Just stunned. Huh? I think regardless of how much we push in to try and know the Lord, oh, he's way better than that. Yay! I mean, you, your mind can't think big enough on how great God is and his love for you. I mean, who else knows how many, well, I know how many hairs are on your head, all right? Anyway, but not down here. Anyway, but who else knows how many hairs are on your head? He loves you and cares for you that much, and that is meant to have impact on relationship, us with the Lord, amen? Come on, work with me. Some of you are looking like, oh, this guy's strange. But anyway, well, I am a little bit, all right? But go with me on a little bit of this journey. When I get to heaven, I don't want to just be blown away by the goodness and bigness and majesty and holiness of God. I don't want to say to him, if I only knew that you were this big and this great, I would have instead fill it in. There's a second thing I don't want to come to some huge revelation of when I'm in heaven. Good to see you, Scott. Got to meet and make a new friends right there. I sure enjoyed all of you men who came out, and also you that didn't. I mean, seeing you again and stuff, it's a great time. The second thing, though, that I, I want to not happen in heaven, I don't want to say to the Lord when I realize how important we are to him, listen, I've met some pretty important people in this world. As an endorser for chaplains, I've probably been on, I don't know, 50, 60 military bases and met with the base commander every time but one, and he was off base in many ways. <laughs> and had the joy of being invited to the White House, Benita with me, under President Bush. Got coined by him. Well, that was kind of fun. Although then the blue started chipping away, so I pulled it out of my pocket and put it on a shelf in a little rack so it wouldn't get destroyed. Anyway, but I've been around, and by the way, I get to meet you. I know Mary right here. Do you know Mary? Huh? Yay! What a sweet lady she is. But I don't want to get before the Lord someday and say, if I only knew who I really was. If I'd known who I really was, I would instead have done or I wouldn't have done. Huh? So when I sing, open up my eyes and wonder, I wonder if you and I could kind of press into the word, regardless of what scripture we're going to use today, and say, Lord, help me realize who you are and who, you, who I am. How many of you agree? Now, I want to tell you something, and you don't have to go on this ride with me, but I know I'm right, so if you disagree with me, you're wrong. I have figured out from about 73,000 hours as a therapist the core of most individuals' problems. You want to hear it? It's very simple. How many of you want to hear it? Thank you. Humor me at least, all right? It was a long drive, okay? <laughs> we don't know who God is. I mean, to the fullness. And we haven't figured out who we really are in him. Because quite frankly, if the Lord just came down, and by the way, how many of you have something you're a little bit troubled by this morning? Raise your hand. Okay, a bunch of you. So if he came down and 
I mean, opened up the heavens right now. That's a thought. And came and stood and looked right at you and had, because you were one of them that raised your hand, aren't you? What's your name? Donata. Yeah, what a sweet lady. Let's say you were standing and the Lord went right up and he looked up at the heavens and you're seeing all that have gone on before us. You're seeing angels, etc. And he comes right down to Donata and he goes right over to you and looks up to the heavens and all of us and says, that's my girl. I love her. And then kisses her. Dude, she wouldn't have a problem in this world. She'd think, shh. Especially if you said, hey, I've got that other stuff covered. I'm working on your behalf as you've been seeking me, Donata. Wow, Lord. In fact, glad you're working on my behalf. I don't care right now. <laughs> he knows how to fade what needs to be faded. And he knows how to work in situations that need a bit of a journey, not an on-off switch. Come on. Okay, read with me. I'm having too much fun. Genesis chapter 32. And what, this is an interesting text. It's the, it's the one of Jacob wrestling with God. And when I think of him wrestling with the Lord, I think of, though I have never had God show up with me personally in flesh and wrestle on the ground with, I have had many encounters with the Lord. How about you? Enough to figure out that he likes planned encounters with you. He likes to engage with you over things that would otherwise ruin your life or diminish your life. And he likes to be invited into those situations and have a little wrestling until there's victory. So I'm humored by a couple things in here because I'm not going to preach on it. I want you to be humored with me. It's a little bit of my ADD and unsaved background that comes in all at once. And that is, in the middle of the wrestling, God says a couple interesting things. One of them is, I must go. The day is about to break. And I think, okay, they were wrestling all night. It is daybreak. Why does he need to go? Does he have another appointment? Do you need to go meet with someone else? I thought God was everywhere at once, omniscient, all right? Omnipresent, yes. He's with you. When you leave here today, guess what? He doesn't stay here. He goes with you, and he goes with me. He goes with the rest of us. Yay! Come on. Open up my eyes and wonder. We were singing that together. May it be a little more meaningful than otherwise it would be. The, The second thing I was thinking about is right in the middle of their wrestling. It's actually towards the end. He says to Jacob, um... What's your name? He didn't say it like that. I'm teasing a little bit. But the words are the same. What is your name? When I first read that, I thought, uh, did you forget? You're wrestling with the guy all night. You must have had a plan to be with him. You know, listen, I know God's old. But he didn't lose his mind. So is it possible that when he said, what is your name, he's referring to something that God doesn't need to answer, but Jacob needed to answer to God. So let's go ahead and look with that and enjoy. By the way, he is at the end of a run. He's been on the run for 14 years. Every, his name, by the way, means supplanter. It got a couple cousins going with it, deceiver, liar, manipulator, but you put those four together, none of them are good alone or together. How many of you agree? He does not have a good name. What's your name mean? Now, don't say it out loud, all right? But anyway, 
he has burnt about every bridge that he had with his family. By the way, he's the guy that, you know, I mean, you have a relative like this, I'm sure. You invite to the family reunion, but he wants to come poor but leave with somebody else's money. How many of you have relatives like that? You know, okay, yeah, just us right here in this row, all right? Anyway, this is is the guy. And what has happened is his brother that 14 years before that, he so ripped off his brother, actually conned his dad in a way, fooled his dad, deceived his dad, living according to his name, huh? and deceived his dad to the point where his dad gave him the inheritance that belonged to his brother. And his brother said, I'm going to kill you. And he's been running for 14 years. Now the Lord says, I want you to return to the land of your fathers. So he's on his way back. He prospered while he was gone. Amazing how God can bless people even in the middle of stuff. Huh? Come on, how many of you are a recipient of that too? You know, Yeah, thank you, thank you, me too. And it's in the middle of that that he wants to try and make peace with his brother because he's about to see him. So he sends him some of his goods only to have the men that were delivering it come back and say to him, hey, listen, your brother's on the way to see you and he's got 400 mighty men with him. I think you're dead. He then, I don't like this, I don't, it's just the few verses right before that, he gives them everything he has. Here, take every goat, every sheep, I, I kept the good ones, <laughs> I didn't want to tell my brother that, but <laughs> take them all. In fact, take the servants that I have, in fact, take my wife, I don't like that part, huh? but take everything I have. Now he's at the end of his rope, he's alone and he wrestles with God. Let's read it. It says in verse 24 of chapter 32 of Genesis, then Jacob was left alone, and a man, and that man is capitalized in most translations because it's referring to God, wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he, that being God, did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. By the way, you study Jewish culture today, they still, when they cook a lamb leg, lamb shank, etc., they cut off the hip, they, they do not boil the hip bone out of, out of an honor of Jacob. Of course, I looked up in all sorts of commentaries trying to appear brilliant in front of you, Uh, and could not find any legitimate reason on why God touched the hip, why God touched Jacob's hip, until I read it about 10 different times, and I thought, I get it. How many of you want to hear my version of it? Come on, egg me on a little bit, all right? Thank you, thank you. Jacob spent his life manipulating and running, manipulating and running, manipulating and running, What does a runner need two good things for to be able to run? What's he need? His hip. God touched him in the place that was his strength of getting away from what he needed to deal with and touched him so he would no longer run. How many of you with me would dare say before the Lord, this is trust and this is wanting to grow in him, Lord, I have some ways I run. I have some ways I run from you. Maybe other people know your ways. Maybe they don't, but you know your ways. 
And how many of you would say with me, Lord, touch the area in my life that I have used to run from you, that it becomes weakened? The only brave ones. How about any on that side? I want to see. Yeah, Bill, thank you. Anyone in the back? You know what it costs, don't you? Anyone over here? Come on. Saying, Lord, touch me in the area. Thank you, Scott. Touch me in that area where I would otherwise run from you. All right. He then says, it says, let me go for the day breaks. And he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he, God, speaking to Jacob, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. I want to talk to you about a couple points that have to do with breakthrough in our life. And if I were to deal with these, the first one would be this. God has a planned encounter with you. Do you know that? And in that planned encounter, for there to be breakthrough between you and the Lord, your wrestling needs to become a cling. The wrestling is very different than boxing. Uh, Fred, you would know that. I'm speaking to that Fred, Grandpa. Did your son make it here today? Next service, okay. You tell him we ask about him in case he's not here. Isn't that right? (laughs) You know, I can always remember Fred and then his dad, Fred, and you know what his dad's name was? Fred, yeah. And then there's Paul, huh? Anyway, a lot of Pauls around here. Thank God for that. And you. Then I got stuck with Robbie. But I was thinking of how wrestling is so different than boxing. It's different than taekwondo. It's it's a grappling with another person. It's it's a shoving at. It's a pulling. It's, It's attempt is to bring your opponent down. And if we're talking about wrestling with the Lord, we're talking about an engagement with the Lord where he's trying to put his hands on us. He's trying to work something. But the picture here is that a person that would, by the way, Jacob was of the house of Israel. If I were to use New Testament language on an Old Testament reference, I'd say, he's a Christian. He goes to church. You get me? And the picture is that this man is shoving at God. He's, he's grabbing a hold of the Lord and his will, and he's, he's actually trying to bring the will of God down. And he spent almost all night in his life shoving at God when he needed to stop shoving. Come on. And finally... According to those words, when he says, I will not let you go until you bless me, but I will not let you go, his wrestling went from a place of shoving at God to a finally, at the, the break of the day, came to a place where he actually clung to the Lord, saying, there will be no end in my grabbing a hold of you. I need you to bless my life. Lord, I will not shove against your will in my life anymore. You know, it's the, it's the, the picture could be seen in the book of Acts chapter number nine when Saul got saved. How I many of you kind of remember the story a little bit? He was on the road to Damascus and had been 
giving his life and passions towards that which was wrong. Ever been passionately wrong? Huh? Yet sure you were right. Only for God to reveal something and say, listen, I know you've been fighting with your wife and you think you're right all the time, but Mr. Right, you're wrong. Oh, I could tell you stories. Thank God I don't have time. <laughs> or vice versa. You know, maybe the Lord's de- has Lord ever dealt with you, ma'am. You know, hey, you have a hard heart. You have a cold heart like your mama. You know, <laughs> sorry, don't hate me over that. Anyway, but you know, and and that's not the heart that I've given you that makes good in relationship. It's unforgiveness is not good in marriage, huh? Because quite frankly, Benita and I have been married 41 years. I've given her the best years of her life and the worst years of her life. All right? No one's offended her more or blessed her more. Sounds like marriage. I mean, come on. I mean, you say, yeah, it sounds a little bit like marriage, you know. And we love one another. Yay! Boy, there comes a place. I was thinking in Acts chapter 9 where we're halfway going already. He's passionately wrong. He's on the road to Damascus. The Lord shows up right there and says three questions. I'm only going to cover two. Why are you persecuting me is the first one. The reason I like that is it reminds me that God knows when people have come against me. And he takes it personally. So the people that Saul at the time was persecuting, God took that persecution that they were going through personally and personalized it to him. Hey, I'm in covenant with them, Saul. You persecute them, you persecute me. 61 people right now are dying every day in this world that we live in because of their faith in Christ. Well, the people that are coming against them are coming against God himself. And I say, God save them because otherwise I fear for them. You understand? Listen, it, goes, it gets a little more personal if you don't mind me taking a minute on it. How many of you don't mind? At least in this, oh wow, you guys are eager. Thank you, thank you. I knew I liked this section, but I like this group over here, this group over here. Anyway, Malachi makes it personal. He says to a man, he said, because there was a guy who had been crying out to the Lord and saying his prayers, and his prayers were like bouncing off the walls. They were going nowhere. He said, I have this against you, that you're dealing treacherously with the wife of your youth. Knock it off. I added the knock it off. It's the opposite. By the way, I mean, listen, uh, ma'am, this is a little bit genderless right here. We're, We're called to love our spouse. Amen? We're called to love our kids. That love doesn't stop when they hit 13. Huh? No, we we love them. Sometimes it's intuitive when they're young. Hey, I have little grandkids, man. They're so easy to love, and they love me. They think I'm really super duper, even when you don't, all right? Somebody said, what do you do for therapy for yourself? I go play with my grandkids. Play Legos, Lincoln Logs, whatever they want to play. I showed him Mr. Ed. I told him last week, did you know that horses can talk? No, they can't, Papa. Yes, I'll show you. Look, I'll pull up something on YouTube. Look, right here. There he is. 
a horse is a horse, of course, of course, you know, I mean, anyway, <laughs> I want to see the next episode, he says, that's his sister, you got to see this, the horse can talk, <laughs> I don't know how I got there, <laughs> other than treatment of people, come on, we can put up with some things and with certain issues of fetus, but the second question he asked uh, in Acts chapter number nine that God asked Saul, who was about to become Paul, who wrote the majority of the New Testament, what a life change. Second question he's about to ask him is, why do you kick against the goats? By the way, any of you ever seen a horse kick? That's violent. I mean violent. It'll give you respect for that horse. You don't want to go around and smacking it from the behind unless that horse really likes you. You understand? I mean, you don't want to tick that horse off. You don't want to kick. You want to be kicked. Well, I was thinking of a sheep or a goat because the picture is that there is a shepherd and that shepherd is trying to keep us away from that which would destroy or diminish your life. By the way, do you have some diminishers going on? Then I guarantee you, if you know God and you have some diminishers going on in your life, that you have heard the whispers already of your shepherd. Hey, let me help you. Invite me into that area because that's not going to do you good. Hmm? So the picture is of a shepherd who's trying to steer the sheep away from the cliff that stupid sheep doesn't even know it's over there, trying to steer the sheep away from the, there's a lot of briars and thorns over in this area, trying to steer the sheep away from the briars and thorns. Hey, it's a, been a drought going on, trying to steer the sheep over towards water because those sheep are going to become thirsty and they need water. And the picture is that this good shepherd trying to steer the sheep away from the wolves and the coyotes and bobcats and away from the cliffs and the briars and drought, trying to steer it towards everything that brings life. And the picture here is the violent kick against the shepherd that says, if a sheep could talk, I don't want what you want. Stop talking to me about that. Stop tapping me a direction that I don't want to go. I want to do what I want to do. And it's the picture of stubbornness. It's the picture of not getting that God loves you and me so much. He will never leave you unattended towards that which is foul but we'll always want to steer you towards that which is life-giving and love-filled. Yay! So it's the place where you and I learn to say, I trust you. Come in and help me. Lord, steer me away from those things that I've been doing or that I've been involved in, those things that I've been thinking. Lord, the things that are that I've been building my life on that are not helpful, steer me towards life. Amen? You know, Paul said it when he said it this in Romans 8, about, I don't know, verse 35, 36 through 39. There it is, thank you. What will separate me? It says who there, but later on what? 
will separate me from the love of God. And why don't you look at me for a minute, though you can write that down and look it up later. He's saying, I will not allow anything to separate me from the love of God. I won't let things that are good or things that are bad. I won't allow troubling or blessing to separate me from the love of God. I won't let something in the past separate me. I won't let something now separate me. I won't let something in the future separate me. I won't let godly angels separate me. I won't let demons of hell separate me. Nothing will separate me from the love of Christ. It's the cling that brings life and breakthrough. Grab a hold of him. Stop shoving at him. How many of you needed to hear that? Raise your hand. Wow, most of you. Last service, there were only 10 that owned up on that one. You're a better group. No, I'm teasing you. The second part is that second part of in verse 26, after he says, I will not let you go, in just until you bless me. It, it's, it's not just grabbing a hold of the Lord, but it's realizing I don't have to get down further. You know, you've heard of people, I hear people say, by the way, I think this is stupid. I hear people say, well, they're just not at the end of their rope. They're just not at the bottom. Oh, I've seen people go past the bottom. Do you hear me? Listen, we've had family try and commit suicide. We couldn't come up with a stupid saying. And I'd hear somebody, well, you know, when people get down near the bottom, they'll finally look up. Oh, sometimes the enemy's mocking them and they don't. Sometimes they don't know there's a way up. Jacob found his way up and the trajectory down stopped because he finally said, I need God's intervention and I'm gonna grab a hold of him till I find not the self-made man, till I find the blessing of God in my life. Amen? He has schemed, he has lied, he's deceived. And now he's at the end of his rope. Seems like everybody's against him. Gave away all he had. But he did what was right to cause breakthrough in his life. Listen, I look at some of the nicest people in the world. I actually think the people in Lompoc are nicer than most. Honestly. You might say, well, you're deceived. Well, everybody I've met, and I've been here several times. Huh? Do you think they're pretty nice here too? How about that girl next to you? She's from Lompoc. Uh, yeah, Ooh, he likes you too. Did you know that? Yeah, he better. But no, I mean, by choice, I think he made it, you know. Yeah. But I, you know, we, we can try a whole lot of things. But I want to say this. I don't know how far down you are. And there's a couple in here I know in my heart. I don't mean that I know you, but I know who you are. My friend, your road's been going downhill. And you know that. And God knows that. And he loves you 
so much. And there is a way. Do you understand? You don't have to go further. You don't have to drag others down further. You can stop and say, I need you to bless me. And by doing so, Lord, I know I need relationship with you, so I'm going to grab a hold and not let go. I'll cling to you with no end in sight. Amen? And for those of you who have deceived yourself and say there's no way home with God, oh, man, I've, I've been there. I mean, I was born and raised a heathen. We were the people you didn't want on your block. Do you understand? And now people like us on every block we live. Isn't that sweet? It is no secret what God can do. Huh? Amen. Listen, you might look around, look at all these nice people. Oh, there were some people in this room that looked nice that were really crummy. How many, was that you? Come on, raise your hand so they have a little more hope, you know. Anyway, yeah. The rest of you said, well, maybe you, Robbie, but let's look at the last one. It's found in verse 27 when God says to Jacob, what is your name? What he was asking him is, who are you? What's your identity? Because a Jew, a Jew in Jewish culture back then named their children by their characteristics, or prophetically. They, it was not haphazard. They didn't just go on the internet, har har, meant to be funny. They didn't just go on the internet 2,000 years ago and look up a bunch of names and say, hey, that one sounds pretty good. What do you think? Or think kids will make fun of that one at school, you know? Oh, if anyone was given a name to be made fun of at school, it was him and his brother. Those names meant something. It was, they were identified by their name. You know what Jacob's name means? Supplanter. You know what his brother Esau's name means? You know what it means? Harry. Huh? Means Harry. By the way, how Harry was Harry? Harry was so Harry that Jacob deceived his father by getting out liquid glue and putting on goat hair on his neck and on his arm. And when the father said, I think you sound like Jacob more than Esau, come close. And he felt his neck feeling the goat hair and saying, Oh, yeah, you are Harry. Yeah, you are Esau. That's how hairy Esau was. By the way, can you imagine? I, I just thinking, I don't know what you were called. By the way, we were all unsaved and, you know, cussed and everything else. I'm sorry. He invited me. I mean, <laughs> listen, it took a miracle just to get here. All right. I mean, this is my life. I can't do anything about BC days. Huh? You, you understand what I'm talking about? And they were bad days. That's why I'm so grateful. Open up my eyes with even new wonder, Lord, because I love the Lord. I'll never turn my back from him. I won't. He's taken me and given me life, and he gave every one of our family members, his, hers, and theirs, 10 kids, and my confused, alcoholic, but hardworking father that was an agnostic got saved, and my transcendental stepmother got saved, and my mama, who was just a hard-hearted cuss, got saved, and every one of us fell in love with the Lord. That was, I just gave you a time span of about 25 years, though. Wasn't easy. We learned to love. Amen? 
we love because he first loved us. But we had a lot of identity problems. If I had an identity of my mom, I'd think God wants to curse me all the time because she told me that, but she didn't say it like that. God something you. You understand? I'm trying to not say it because Bernie's here. Anyway, or you're a son of something but wasn't very flattering either of her or me. You know, what, what were you called? I mean, what do you call yourself? Can you imagine Jacob, his whole life, you know, sitting around the supper table, his mother saying, deceiver, pass the locks, locks and bagels. But by the way, I'm keeping an eye on them because no taking them under the table, no fiddling with things, get them over here. Get them over here, you know. Can you imagine? Hey, Harry, pass the potatoes. But keep your hair out of it. You know? I mean, listen, some of you, I mean, what is your name? Who are you? Who are you when you're alone and can't present titles and positions, let alone failures? Who are you when you're alone with God praying? God has something to say. I've heard people say the stupidest things throughout, the, throughout my years. If I were to say, who are you? I'm a failure. Who are you? I'm wrong. Who are you? I can never win with people. Who are you? Nobody will ever love me. Who are you? I've been divorced three times. Who are you? About on the positive side? I'm married only once, been married 41 years. That isn't who I am. Who are you? I have a master's degree. Who are you? Double doctorate. Who are you? Did I tell you what position I have down there at the Air Force? Who are you? I work with the city. Who are, well, good for you. God gives us positions, but it's not who we are. Who are you? Oh, I got a fatty retirement. Who are you? I drive a BMW. Good, loan it to me. Because I sold mine three months ago. Kept breaking down. <laughs> Sorry, that was terrible advertisement for BMW. <laughs> Go Toyota. <laughs> who are you what are you trying to fix your life on what gives you importance and you'll come to a place where you need to face God and let him tell you who you are I'm loved I'm a royal priesthood. I'm part of a holy nation. I'm a kingdom of priests unto the Lord. According to Luke, I just went through three different scriptures. Now I'm at Luke 15 in my mind. He gave me a ring. I'm a part of the staff of my father's business. Amen? He gave me a robe. I am highly favored. That's who this guy is. Who are you? Listen, 
On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Amen. I want to pray for you. Would you keep your heads bowed just for a minute? I want to ask you three questions. And by the way, I'm not going to call you forward, but you do need to live it out. So you might want to tell somebody what you decide. But if you're here and you're away from Jesus, you don't, you know, I mean, at one time I used to think I was a Christian because I was born in America, and of course I believe in God, but I had no personal relationship with God. And it showed. He is inviting you to come and know him as Lord and Savior. He wants you to know him, and he loves and wants to know you and to be in your life. The Bible calls that getting born again because it's taking places that are dead in our spirit and bringing them to life. It's translating us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's marvelous light. It's a big change that we sometimes don't feel right away, but it's different. If that's you and you need Jesus in your life, or maybe at one time you followed him and you wandered away or you ran away, Come back home. If that's you making those decisions to give your life to the Lord or come back to him, slip your hand up very quickly. Proud to do so. I see that. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. 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 Yeah. Slip your hand if you don't think I saw it. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. And then how many of you would say, Pastor Robbie, God's been wrestling with me and I've been one of them. Nobody might know this, but I've been kicking at him a little bit. Kicking against the goads, but I want to invite him to help me. I know he wants what's best. I'm going to trust him with it. Is that you? Lift your hand. Yeah, many, many. God help you. I mean that help by the Holy Spirit coming your way, flooding that situation giving you faith, giving you eyes to see right now in Jesus' name, letting you know how to love and care and letting you know how to be as well in Jesus' name. Power of the Lord touch you right now. Not the power of the world, the power of God. Then how many of you have problems with a little bit of identity? And you're saying, Robbie, I need to renounce some of those foul identities that I've lived under and I want to identify myself with who I am in Jesus. Prince of God, that's what Israel means. Lift your hand with me. Yeah. Lord, thank you. I just ask to touch these men and women, precious people, with who they are in you. You have a name, and you don't call them deceiver. <laughs> you don't call them your bastard child. You don't call them a cursed name. You call them love. You call him a part of your family, not in the slaves' quarters, but right into your home. You call him your staff because they're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Take that, devil. <laughs> Lord, cause these people to rise up in who they are and find new strength, even today, and new peace in their relationships because you're the one that declares who we are. We can let others off the hook a little bit. <laughs> in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. 
Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.